Well, good morning. Take your Bibles with me today and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, I will draw your attention just to uh, chapter 4 and verse 13 before we get into chapter 5. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica, uh, said this to them. He said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. And this is what his concern was, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. You know, there's going to come a time in our life, maybe you're facing a time like this in your life here today, but maybe you're going to face a time, or you faced it in the past, when you didn't know what was going to happen. Your future was uncertain. And those times come. And when those times come, we need something to hang on to, something to ground us. And I believe that we have something, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He grounds us in those times of uncertainty. Uh, In times when the future seems to be obscure or hidden, or in certain times we might say we can find safety and security of our minds in the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a family that that was living in Haiti in 2010 when the earthquake hit. In January, and they were able to have contacts and money to leave Haiti and and kind of get out of that devastation that they were facing while going through that. And they thought, well, we got family in uh, South America, down in Argentina, and we'll just go and be with them. And so they were able to arrange all the the traveling and all the logistics and able to get to uh, Argentina there in 2010, about January, a couple of weeks after the earthquake in Haiti. But little did they know that they placed themselves right in the middle of the largest, worst earthquake of, of, that we know of. And that was in February of 2010, the earthquake that hit South America. And so what they thought they were doing was best rational, logical, let's get out of one disaster, but actually what they were doing, they were going to another one. And you know, that's something that we have to be careful of in our Christian life. Because sometimes if we're not careful, we can leave one disaster and be right in the middle of another one. And that's why it's so important that we have uh, the Lord Jesus Christ to direct us in times of uncertainty Let me ask you this question today. How do you respond to a great uncertainty in your life? How do you respond to that? Before we go any farther, let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, the times of uncertainty that we face, we have a Savior who directs and so graciously uh, calms us and is able to bring uh, insight and, and wisdom into our life. So, Father, we pray that you would bless our service today, bless the teaching of the Word of God, 
Uh, bless our pastor as he's away today. May you bless him and his family and uh, just supply their needs today. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, be with us today as we look into your word. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, Paul, uh, he saw that the Thessalonians were struggling with some uncertainty. And what uncertainty was is that they were afraid that they would never see their loved ones again that were in the Lord. Another uncertainty they had was that they were fearing that they were going to face and go through the wrath of God that was prophesied to them in their future. And the Apostle Paul, in, these, in his letter, verses 13 to 18, when it came to whether or not they received their loved ones again who had passed away, the answer was yes, they would, they would see them again. And there's a coming time of the coming of the Lord when we will be with him. So they were going to see them again. That was a comfort to them. But when it came to the coming judgment that someone had said that they were going to face and go through, Paul said, no. You're not going to go through that wrath. That's something you don't have to worry about because of our salvation in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And they did not have to worry about that. Then he picks up here in verse 4. And uh, we, we notice some guidelines, some instructions when we are facing an uncertainty, because let's, let's remind ourselves, uh, we're, we live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world where the curse of sin is still on this world. And therefore, there are going to be times in our life that we're going to face some things that we don't know what to do or how to handle them. But praise the Lord, uh, Paul here gives us some help, gives us some guidelines to help us to to remain rational, to remain uh, steadfast in our faith when maybe the world around us is not being rational. And it is not. (laughs) They're, They're acting irrational. But we can act rationally because of what we know in Scripture. And Paul gives us some guidelines here, and I have three of them for us tonight, or rather today, Uh, to help us out in our life. So let's take a look at these. Number one, the first thing he gives us is to guard your mind. Guard your mind, or in other words, be sober. Be sober. And we pick up here in chapter five and verse four, he says, but ye brethren are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of light and the children of the day. Ye are not of the night nor of darkness. So what's he doing here? Right off the bat there, let's just stop there for a moment before we go farther. He's relating and he's giving an illustration. And what's the illustration is that we as saved people, we as the children of God, those who know Jesus Christ as Savior, we're of the light. We have the light. We are saved, and the light of life lives within us. And we have that light. And we are not in darkness. We're not in darkness when it comes to the fact that we're lost. We are saved. And we've been saved to eternal life. We're not in darkness because we have the truth. The truth. And what is that truth? Well, we have the truth of the Word of God that sheds light 
along our path, as it says over in the book of Psalms. We have the light to guide and direct us, that we can walk in light, knowing what is right, knowing what is wrong in our life. Therefore, we have this ability to guard our minds against error. Because wherever we look today, we see error. And we have that in our, we have that. We are the children of the light. We are not uh, of the darkness. Let's go on in verse six, it says, therefore let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Even among Christians, even among, uh, you know, when I say Christians, I mean people who are saved, know Christ as Savior. Even among Christians, there are people, there are Christians who are not walking in the truth as they should be because of one reason or another, because maybe a misinterpretation of Scripture, or maybe because they are backslidden and refusing to follow what God has said. And these folks are in sleep. They're in this kind of spiritual lethargy, and they're not understanding some of these things. But we don't have to be like that, the Bible says. We can have this, what he says in verse 6, let us watch and be sober. Meaning, let's understand. That word watch means an idea of understanding. We're understanding what's around us. We're looking. We're just not following blindly something that's not true. But we're watching. We're uh, circumspect, sometimes the Bible says. Let's be circumspect. Let's understanding what's going on around us. And then he says, and be sober. Be sober. Meaning the idea of being temperate. Okay? Sometimes the word sober can reference you're not drunk. (laughs) All right? You're not under the influence of alcohol or you're not under the influence of a drug of some kind, but you're sober, meaning you are in self-control. That's what that means. He wants us, when it comes to our spiritual thoughts and to our minds, we need to be in self-control and not following something or listening to something that's going to cause us to go out of control and not follow accordingly. And so we're to be in control of ourselves. It's kind of like, in a spiritual way, the Apostle Paul is saying to the believers in Thessalonica, get a hold of yourself. Have you ever heard that before? Or has someone ever said to you, get a hold of yourself? Or maybe you had to say to yourself at a time in your life when you're going through a hard time, I just need to get a hold of myself. What does that mean? That means don't act irrationally. Don't do something that you'll regret. Let's act in a rational way with whatever you're facing. Get a hold of yourself. And that's kind of what we see here in this scripture. If in modern technology or modern uh, phraseology, is he saying, listen, let's get a hold of ourselves. When it comes to spiritual things, because what's the, what's the world, what's their reaction when things go wrong? When things don't go according to what they think, they tend to overreact. They tend to act irrational in certain things. And what, that's something we don't want to do as Christians. Why? 
Why don't I want to act irrationally? Why do I want to uh, be in control of myself at all times? Because we have a testimony, right? We have a testimony. People know us as Christians. Our neighbors, our people we work with, and people we're, we, that our family members, we, wanna, we don't want to be irrational. We don't want them thinking, hey, there's another nut. We want to act in a way that we're going to uplift the Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're going to be able to uh, be a good testimony of our Lord. We don't want to make a mistake. We don't have to look back 10 years down the road and say, wow, <laughs> look what I did. I could have handled that better. Do you ever had that in your life? Do you ever think about that? You know, I, you're facing uncertainty, you're facing something, and you did something, and you, you look back and you say, boy, I wish I would have done a lot better. I wish I would have handled that in a better way. That happens to all of us, doesn't it? And so it's important that we are in self-control, especially when it comes to our spiritual life, especially when it comes to our walk with the Lord, because we represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice it says here in verse 7, for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. People out of control, people that are doing things because they're reacting to the situation, Instead of trusting the one who's in control, as we sang those songs today, today, this morning, about we have a God who's an ancient of days. What was that song saying? I'm in control. He's in control of it all. All through history, he's been in control. And he, he's controlled history up to now. He, I'm sure he can control our future <laughs> ahead of us, the ancient of days. And that's what we're singing about. That's what we're worshiping about. So let's be sober, like a good soldier. Let's guard our mind. And that leads us to point number two here today. Point number two in, in my outline is gird your armor. Gird your armor. Let's guard our minds, number one. Let's gird our armor, number two. Let's be a good soldier. Notice it says in verse eight, but let us, all right, us as believers, us as Christians, who are of the day, are saved, be sober, all right, we're in control, so we're, we're, we're born again, we have the testimony of Christ, we're thinking properly. The next step, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. All right, there's the next step. Why is it important that we gird ourselves with this armor? Because like a good soldier, we want to be ready. That's what he's talking about here. All right, now we, we, we know that one of the, one of Paul's favorite illustration of the Christian was the soldier. He used it so many times. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, he described our defense against the enemy, against Satan. All right, one of our enemies that we face, he described, he said, listen, you want to defend yourself against the enemy? You want to defend yourself in your life for Christ? Then put on 
the armor of God, right? Put on that armor so that you can defend yourself. And of course, the weapon that we have is the the word of God. And he talked about getting down and praying. Let's be a people of prayer. Uh, We're going to fight our battles on our knees, and we're going to do warfare. But we got to be good soldiers. He told Timothy over in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he said, Timothy, endure hardness like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Meaning this, hey, our, one of the enemies that we have is not only Satan, but another enemy is you or me. <laughs> we are our own worst enemy sometimes. And you know what? We like it soft. Sometimes we get lazy. Sometimes we we don't want to do the hard work. We want to get lackadaisical in our attitude and and uh, in our in our life and in our ministry and our walk with the Lord. But listen, Tim, uh, Paul reminds Timothy, "Don't you go soft. You endure the hardness. Keep at it. Don't quit. Be faithful, like a good soldier. Soldiers are faithful." devoted, they're dedicated to the cause. Let's be faithful. And so we see here in this passage, again, as many others, he, he describes a soldier. And you know, in the first Roman world, the first century Roman world, when he mentions this, everybody knew what a soldier looked like. It was in their minds because there were soldiers everywhere. And so to describe a soldier saying these things immediately in their mind, they would have thought of a Roman soldier. And uh, what does a soldier wear? Well, he mentions, first of all, the breastplate of faith and love. All right, this piece of armor, this piece of armor that went from the neck all the way to the waist. All right, this, this piece of metal, the breastplate of faith and love. And they wore that. Why? Because they needed protection. If you're going to go into battle and you're going to do warfare, you need protection, especially in a literal war, in a physical war. There's going to be, you know, weapons being used against you, thrust at you, shot at you. And this is your, you know, the core here is your vital organs, right? That's your heart and all the other, the lungs and all the other organs that you have that if they're pierced or if they're hit, It could cause you to fall and die. It could be fatal. So therefore, put on the breastplate. Then he says to him, put on the helmet, the helmet of salvation, or rather the helmet, the hope of salvation. Of course, they would have immediately thought of the helmet of the Roman soldier and that helmet that was there to protect his head and to protect because the blows would come during battle. So what do these things represent us today? What is he talking about? The breastplate of faith, the breastplate of love, and the hope of salvation. Well, two things. Number one, I believe in this passage, he's talking about being ready, being prepared. Being prepared for what? Well, we know what. Because of chapter 4, verses 13 to 18, he talked about the coming of the Lord, which we today normally referred to as the rapture. 
Okay, the coming of the Lord, where we'll meet him in the air. And we sung about that this morning, praise the Lord. Meeting our Lord in the air, the coming of Christ, which is a major doctrine of the New Testament. All right, we, uh, we, we believe that. We believe he's coming again because he promised that he did. Is that, that's what he told his disciples the night he was betrayed, the night that he told them about his crucifixion, the night that he kneeled down and washed their feet. He said, listen, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. And then he goes on to say, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The coming of the Lord. We know that he's coming again. And so we need to be ready, prepared. Are you prepared for the Lord's coming? If he was to come today, would you be ready? Well, some things can help us be ready. How about the, our faith? Our faith in the promises of God. Do you really believe he's coming again? Or do we just say that? Oh, well, he's coming again. Amen. <laughs> or is it, yeah, he's coming again. It could be today. Do you really believe it? What's your faith? Not only that, do we really believe it? Is it really part of our faith? Are we hanging on to that? And also, how does, do we, what do we do with that? I believe it. Do I act like it? Do I really act like the Lord's coming again? Do I, am, do I really show love to those around me? Because Jesus Christ could be coming at any time, and therefore I want to be right with my brother. <laughs> I don't want any odd against him or her because he could come today. Wouldn't it be terrible to be caught up to be with the Lord in the clouds and we have an odd against somebody? We have a problem with somebody? Do we really believe that? If we do, we're going we're gonna to show that in love. Are we trying to get out the gospel because we really believe the Lord's coming? Do we really believe he's coming again? Yeah, if we have the right faith and if we surely love one another and love others, then we'll live like it. We'll be ready. And it'll come out in our actions and how we live. And not only that, but notice it says here, for a hope of salvation, a hope. Notice it says in verse nine, for God hath not appointed us to wrath. Praise the Lord. I am so thankful that I'm not going to face an eternal fire. The Bible describes as the lake of fire. I'm not going to face that. Not because I don't deserve it, but because Jesus Christ paid that price for me. And I don't have to face that. And I can stand here knowing that I'm not going to face the wrath that is to come. So I'm, we're, we're saved. And that's our hope, isn't it? That's the hope that we have, that we're not going to face that wrath. But you know what? There's another wrath that I believe that the, the apostle is talking about here. I think he's referring to another wrath. I think he's referring to the seven-year tribulation. 
I believe he's referring to a time that Jeremiah describes as Jacob's trouble. The 70th week of Daniel. Where God is going to pour out his wrath upon this world. And I've been, he, God has spared his church. He spared his bride. He has spared his body from going through that wrath. Now, that position I hold is called a pre-tribulational, all right, pre-tribulational coming again of Christ. Now, I was reminded this week, not everybody re- agrees with me. <laughs> I was reminded of that. And I was challenged on that. But that's okay. The main thing is Jesus is coming again, and we're going to see him, and we're not going to go through that wrath. We've been spared that wrath, so therefore, because of that, I can trust my my Lord. Jesus Christ is going to take care of me. He's going to supply my needs, even though my future may seem uncertain. He is there for me, and I can be ready, be ready not only ready for whatever, whenever he comes, but whatever my future holds, I can be ready like a good soldier, girded with my armor. And then point number three, gracious to others. Gracious to others. Notice it says in verse 10, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, Comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as, even as also ye do. We need to be gracious. Be supportive of one another. Here we see the word comfort and the word edify. You know what that means? Edify means to build up. Let's build up. Because in our life, in our church, in our families, amongst our friends, we're going we're gonna to be able to minister to one another. We're going to be able to help one another. Because everybody suffers from uncertainty. For one reason or another, uh, we all suffer from it. And when one of the body or one person in our body, one person in our church is suffering, isn't it good to have a support group that can come along and edify build you up, come along and support you and comfort you in your time of need. We, that's, the, that's the church. That's what the church is for, so that we can do that for one another. You know, sometimes people come to church because they want to hear something new. We're going to hear something new from the preacher? Are we going to get something that's obscure, and hidden to, the, to our knowledge, and the preacher's going to have this ability and understanding to get into the Word of God and bring out those truths. Are we going to hear something new today? But you know, most of us, if we'll be honest with ourselves, we just need to be reminded. Be reminded of what the Bible tells us, because that's really what we need. (laughs) We need to be reminded God loves you. Be reminded that he cares for you. Be reminded that, yes, you may be feeling alone right now. 
You may be suffering right now. You may be going through a time of uncertainty, but I'm here to tell you God is with you every step of the way. And he is there to support you and lift you up. And he'll send along his Holy Spirit. The comforter is going to come along and walk that way with you so that you'll have the strength you need to face that time in your life. That's what we need to hear. We need to hear what the Bible, what we many times know already, but we need that comfort. We need to be built up so that we can uh, bring glory and honor to our Lord Jesus Christ. So this world will see that Christ is part of this place, is, it's part of, of our lives. Because, you know, one day, you know, I know sometimes the world looks at us and they see how we respond to certain things. And they say, you know what? That church, that Christian, in their minds, you know, and how they think, they say, they're a little unrational. (laughs) They're a little irrational what they're doing. Why are they doing what they're doing? I mean... Why do they go to church so much? Why, why, why are they, every Sunday, they're in church. Why are they giving so much? Why are they serving so much? Why are they doing all this? And they don't understand what we know. What do we know? We know that we have a Savior who loves us and cares for us. And we want to serve him. We want to please him. We want to honor him in everything we do. And sometimes they don't understand that. And they think we're irrational. They think we're unreasonable. But we're not. (laughs) We're right. According to the word of God. And what we have received in Jesus Christ. Because of our salvation. We can act reasonably and rationally. When we are facing uncertain times. Maybe you've had a, a time that you're going through. You went through it and you thought, boy, I didn't do that well. I could have done better. Well, you know what? There's always, there's always a time to learn from our mistakes and always a time to say, you know what? What, did I, what can I learn from that past experience that will help me in the next experience? Or maybe the things that I that I learned I can help someone else and, and so that they don't make that same mistake because uh, we need to realize that people around us, they need, they need help. All around us, they need help. Even uh, those here, maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. You're facing an uncertain future. <laughs> You don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you're not saved and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says you're going to go to a lost eternity. And you don't want that future. So if you're here today and you don't know Christ or you're listening on our live stream today and you're facing that future where you don't know where you'll spend eternity, I'm begging you, trust Christ as your Savior. Admit you're a sinner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess your sins and ask him to come into your heart and save you. And the Bible says he will. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You will not face that wrath to come. 
You will not face uh, that future, but rather you'll have eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord. Trust him today. And then Christian, let's, let's trust our Lord. In time of uncertainty, let's follow these steps. Let's guard our minds. Let's be sober. Let's gird on the armor that we have. Be a good soldier. And let's be gracious to others. And be supportive of one another when others are going through uncertain times in their life. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank you again. We thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we know we live in a a day when there's uh, so many things around us that are uncertain, that we don't know what the future holds. But Lord, we know we have a Savior. We have one who's with us, who does know the future. And he's there every step of the way to guide and direct us and to come alongside and comfort and edify in time of need. Maybe there's one here this morning and you don't know Christ as Savior. As I've said before, maybe you'll take the opportunity today and trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. We'll have an invitation and we're going to let the piano play. And during that time of invitation, you are welcome to come and someone can take a Bible and show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're going through an uncertain time and you need some encouragement, you need some comfort. Find some comfort in the Lord. Know that He's with you and He's there to strengthen you. Dear Lord, bless our time of invitation today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. If God is speaking to your heart today, why don't you come? If you're here today and you're not saved and don't know Christ is your Savior, why don't you come? We'll have someone take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Maybe you want to just come this morning and pray, going through an uncertain time, going through a difficult time, come to the altar.